Years I spent in vanity and pride And caring not my Lord was crucified And knowing not it was for me he died My Calvary and By God's word at last my sin I learned and then I trembled at the law I spurned Until my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me and there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given Jesus everything. And now I gladly own him as my king. And now my rapture so can only sing of Calvary. There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty At Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free there your pardon multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty At Calvary Oh, the love and true salvation's plan Oh, the grace and brought it down to man now, oh, the mighty gulf that God dispensed at Calvary. Oh, the love and true salvation's plan. Oh, the grace and brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God dispensed. At Calvary, yes. And there your mercy and your grace was free. And there your pardon multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty. At Calvary. There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty At Calvary Yes, at Calvary
Praise God. Your dwelling place, oh Lord Almighty, my soul doth long and even faints for you. For you, my heart is satisfied. Within your presence, I seem beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere, than thousands elsewhere. One thing I ask and I would seek to see your beauty. To find you in the place your glory dwells. For here my heart is satisfied within your presence. I seem beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. My heart and flesh cry out. For you, the living God, your spirit's water for my soul. I've tasted and I've seen, come once again to me. I will draw near to you, I will draw near to you. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, 
You know, in the uh, the Old Testament, when the verse was written about, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and I'll enter his courts with praise. You know, we, we've incorporated that into modern praise and worship songs and th- talking about going to church, but... You know, entering his gates and his courts is a different thing now in the New Testament. The Old Testament, that was going to the temple. New Testament, we are the temple. It means we can enter in those gates with thanksgiving any moment of the day. It's no longer a geographical thing that we have to rely on a place, uh, time, and, and sacrifice at a certain, you know, uh, certain times taking the smoke around the altar. I mean, it's, it's, you don't have to do any of that anymore. Because of Jesus. Now I'm so thankful that we have opportunity to praise Him every single day. But you know, it's uh, December is a month that um, is a time that uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, He wasn't born in December. It doesn't really matter. He was born. That's what matters. December is a month that we take to recognize His birth. You have the preparation that a lot of people call the Advent. You have those that just celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But it it doesn't matter when we celebrate, just as long as we do celebrate. We choose to celebrate not just in December, but every day, the life that Jesus came down to live for us and the life that he lives today through us. We can give him praise and glory and honor and ad- admiration for all of that, no matter what. It doesn't have to be this time, but... This month, we do take on a much broader scale to recognize Jesus, His birth, His life, His death, and His resurrection. Just a celebration of His life. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For criminals and every Pharisee, you came for hypocrites and even more like me. You carried sin and shame, the guilt of every man, and all. Wait, all I've done nailed into your hands. Oh, your love bled for me. Oh, your blood and crimson streams. Oh, your death. It sounds feet 
the cross meant to kill is my victory. I've seen and tasted it It's running through my veins I can't escape its grip In you my soul is saved You cover everything Oh, your love bled for me Oh, your blood in crimson streams, oh, your death, in cells of feet, across me to kill is my victory. Behold the Lamb of God Who takes away our sin Who takes away our sin The Holy Lamb of God Makes us alive again Makes us alive again Behold the Lamb of God Who takes away our sin Who takes away our sin The Holy Lamb of God Makes us alive again Makes us alive again Behold the of God who takes away our sin who takes away our sin the holy lamb of God makes us alive again makes us alive again all your love for me Oh, your blood in crimson streams. Oh, your death in cells to feet. Across me to kill is my victory. Across me to kill. It's my victory, oh cross meant to kill. It's my victory. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Brother Corey. Don't you love that song? Oh, I love worshiping the Lord to that song. That is uh, so powerful in our lives. Amen. If you would, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Um, you uh, pray with me that we'll uh, do what the Lord have us to do. We've got several different directions to go uh, in this because there's many people here who are needing to hear one side of this and there's somebody else that that won't even relate to them and they need to hear it in a whole different direction. But how many knows that the Spirit of God, He talks, it's like He did on the day of Pentecost, He talked in cloven tongues where everybody present, they heard what they needed to hear. Amen. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Amen. So tonight, if you'll be patient, uh, you can hear what you need to hear tonight. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. Uh, so let's, 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 this Acts 22, Paul is kind of, he's testifying about when he got born again, when he got saved by Jesus. And, um, uh, I, I just want to just hit some of these, uh, these red letter places just for a foundation. And then we're going to go and we're just going to go verse by verse in, uh, in, uh, in Acts 28 and look at some things. I think the spirit of God would have us to lay uh, a good foundation in our life. Let's just start reading in uh, in verse number six, Acts twenty two and six. It says, and it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me, and I fell unto the ground, and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I said. Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. So when people persecute you, when they touch you, they're touching Jesus. Amen. And they were with him, saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said unto him, I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise. And go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which were appointed for thee to do. Now hold that. Shall be told of thee which, uh, all things which are appointed to thee to do. Now drop down and look at, um, verse 18. Jesus is continually giving Paul direction and instruction. In 22, 18, Jesus said, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. Now drop down to verse uh, 21. And he said unto me, Jesus said unto Paul, depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And drop now, go to chapter 23, and let's, let's look at verse 11. Chapter 23, verse 11, Jesus is still giving Paul further instructions. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer. Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. 
Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for honoring the word. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we've got great opportunity every time that you and I come together and bring the Lord with us because we're believers. All things are possible. Amen. So what's on the, my heart tonight? Uh, I thought we was going to do something different because I was still trying to get this straight in my heart. But as I was praying this afternoon, this just kept coming up stronger and stronger. I, I want you to know that uh, the the things that you're going through in your life that the devil has is trying to mean them for harm. God wants to use all of those situations, and it may seem like in life that we're getting detoured. But uh, the Spirit of God wants you to be assured of the fact. He wants me to be assured of the fact that all we're going to do is get detoured to our destination. And if we're going to title tonight's message, that's what we would title it. Detoured, but I'm going to be detoured into the destination that the Lord has for me. Amen. Uh, it doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do in your life, in my life. God has a word for you in advance that will take you through the thing that would want to detour you. In other words, it will give you faith to make it through the dry spell, through the storm, through the trial. It'll give you a hope and expectancy to know that no matter what it looks like, God's for you. And the Bible said, if God be for you, nobody, right? No entity, no, no principality, no power, no plan of the enemy can be against you. So hold that in your heart and, and let's, let's turn over and, um, Look at the 27th chapter, just to read a couple of verses to get an idea of where we're at. Remember, uh, Jesus told Paul, said, listen, I, 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 I saved you for a reason. Tonight, say I'm saved for a reason. You're going somewhere in Jesus' name, amen? And your life is not a mess. Your life is not up in the air. There's not a bunch of confusion about what's going to happen with your life. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. You, you have a destiny. And so the devil may try to uh, implement tricks and, and schemes, uh, but you and I, we're not ignorant of his schemes. Amen. We, we, we know that uh, the closer that we get to the, the perfect will of God, the more the enemy is going to try to derail us, try to detour us. And so it's so important that you hear from the Lord every day. I hear from the Lord every day and we know what God has in store for us. That's why we're going to have our casting vision service on the 18th is because you and I need to get ready for this upcoming year. And I know that you have been, but you be praying with me about that. And let's get a mindset. Uh, of this coming year and what God wants us to do and who we're going to put back there on the board, who we're believing God for to change their life uh, in this coming year, because God's going to do it. Amen. If you believe it and if I believe it, if we have an expectancy, God will do it. Amen. And so we have to stand on that. So anyway, uh, let's look at some things here and let's see. Now, he told Paul, he said, uh, you're going to do some things for me. But see, he didn't give him the whole picture. Tonight, you know that you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. You know that you've been called to do some things for God, but you don't have moment by moment laid out. You don't have day by day laid out. You have little sporadic uh, inklings and visions of the spirit of what God would have you to do because he doesn't want to overwhelm you because if now everybody's different, but if God gives me too much detail, instead of getting excited, I get anxious. 
I, I, I get overwhelmed. I get nervous. I get to trying to figure out, well, how are we going to do that? How, what, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to make that happen? And I can't make anything happen. But you, but you know what? I still battle that in my mind. And so, uh, you may be different, but as far as me, God gives me just what I need to know at the moment I need to know it where I can walk by faith, but I can trust Him and I can grow and develop and I can be excited about things. Cause I have a tendency, uh, to get, um, I dread things and God doesn't want us to dread anything. He wants us to have an anticipation about those. But, but now, like I said, everybody's different and I'm going to try to just, just don't, don't feel left out. Let the, let the spirit of God get to you what you need to hear. But let's look at, uh, and starting in 27 verse number one, and we're just laying a foundation. We're going to get to 28 in just a moment. Uh, and when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners, uh, under one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan band, in other words, he's over a hundred, uh, over a hundred soldiers, and, and entered into a ship of Adaramatiman, which means that the name of this ship means abiding in death. This is a death ship. And, and, and so I, I want to do, I want to, I want us to have some play on words tonight, and I want us just to consider some things. You and I, we got to realize that in this world, everything that you and I, uh, uh, are trusting in and believing in, if it's not founded on the Word of God, it's a death ship. It doesn't have any lasting meaning. It has no lasting consequence in your life and my life. In other words, we got to make sure, like we said this morning, that you and I, Hebrews 619, we're holding on to the anchor. We're holding on to Jesus, not holding on to the ship. Come on, our ship can be our plans. It can be our goals. It can be our job. It can be our car, our home. Uh, it, it can be our persona in, in the, in the neighborhood. All of these things. I, if we're not careful, if, if we don't let it be sanctified by the word of God, the, the, the truth, that's the only truth there is, John 17, 17. If we're, if our life isn't sanctified by that, we can be in a ship, but it can be something that, not meaning it's going to take you to hell, but it can be something that's going to die in this earth and we put everything into it and when we get to heaven, we realize what we laid down, what we missed out on because we were occupying ourselves with the wrong things. Amen. That's what they're doing here in this ship here. Everything they have is in this ship and they're trusting in somebody who has an education and he's leading 276 souls. He's leading them to a place of peril. Sound familiar in our nation tonight? We've got leaders who's leading this nation into a place of peril. They've got great education. They've got all of this understanding and stuff. They talk in words that I don't even know and don't even understand, but I know that they're being led by the devil and we're in a hard place, amen, as a nation because we're, we're, everything that's wrong is being lifted up as right and everything that is dark is being saying and shed out as light and all of those things. And so you and I, we're in a ship. But th this ship is not our guidance. This, we're holding on to the anchor, amen? And, and so here Paul is in a place in a situation where uh, he, he's having to go, even though he doesn't want to go there uh, in, in the enemy's timing. Now look, drop down to verse number uh, nine. It says in the last part of the verse, it says, Paul admonished. Paul admonished them. Verse 10, and he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, notice this, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. 
That's where we're at right now. We've got everybody talking, nobody listening. We need to listen from, to God. Amen. We need to listen to the Lord by the Holy Spirit to know what he would have us to do individually, how he would have us to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders. They need our prayers desperately. Come on, they're in a hurt. They're doing things willfully and they're doing things in the deceit of the work of the enemy in their life. And so we're in a pearl place. We're in a, in a place where we're abiding in things that's not going to last. Come on, this nation cannot stand up doing what it's doing. And so we've got to be in that place, in that position where we, God, until you uh, have finished everything in my life. You finished everything that you would have uh, me to pray for, to believe for, to do. I, I know that you're going to hold things together. Amen. I'm holding on to the anchor. My confidence is not in this world. It's in Jesus. Amen. The creator of this world. And so uh, uh, they, didn't, they didn't take Paul at his word. But Paul, uh, in the middle of this storm, he gets a word from them. And drop down to verse 21. Now, we're just, we're just covering some things to get to where we need to go. Uh, but you and I don't care. We want to hear what God would say by his word. Verse 21, it says, But after a long abstinence, 27, 21, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, unto the, the, the revelation of the Lord, and should I have loosed from Crete uh, and to have gained this harm, and loss. Verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Now, this is an amazing statement. Paul is telling him, said, listen, you're, you're going to lose everything that you're holding on to. But if you'll take heed to what thus saith the Lord, nobody's going to perish. See, Jesus is a savior. Amen. Now think about this. There's 276 souls on this uh, ship and they have a word now. They have a promise. The ship's going down, but Jesus is not. The one you're anchored to is not going down. Now, Josephus, a contemporary, uh, a, a writer in the in the early New Testament times, he talked about a time he was on a shipwreck. And when he was on a shipwreck, there were 600 people on it. And out of that shipwreck of 600 people, only 80 people lived. So you, do you see the miracle here? This is a divine miracle. All Nobody lost their life. Only that could happen because God was with Paul and Paul was in the ship. Come on, you and I, we're in the world tonight. We're in the world with a world that is going down and there's people that's going down. But Jesus wants to use you and I to give them a sure word of prophecy, Peter said, a sure word of truth that they can reach out and hold on to the anchor. They can hold on to Jesus. They may get detoured in life, but they don't have to miss their destination. Our destination is forever and ever with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe that. All right. Now, he said in verse 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Aren't you glad that your angels always behold the face of God? Come on, that's a reality. That's the truth. You and I, we need to, to, to learn to uh, expect and we need to learn to sense uh, the angels that the Lord has put around us. We don't worship angels. We worship Jesus. But we thank Jesus for what he's gave into our lives. Amen. And we learn how to speak the word of God to get our angels to move for us. Paul, he was in a place in a position where he heard by the spirit, but the spirit showed him who was by him. And then the spirit brought a word, a special word to him. Uh, so 
We need to see that God talks to us, yes, by His Spirit. But in certain situations, God may send your angel in a place where you can manifestly see that angel in the Spirit. You can see and hear what's being said. However God wants to do it, He's sovereign. I'm going to trust Him. Amen. I'm going to yield to Him. But He gave Him a word here. Now notice what He said. Uh, and, and, and it's just like every time that Jesus or an angel is revealed, verse 24, what's the word? Fear not. That, that's what we've got to tell this world. If you will come to trust into Jesus, you don't have to fear what the economy is doing. You don't have to fear how the devil is working through laws and regulations and rules and all of these things because your trust is in Jesus, not in man. Fear not, Paul, uh, thou must be brought before Caesar and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. That's what we've got to do. We've got to figure out, God, who can I make sure is in the ship with me? Who can I make sure that I help them anchor on to Jesus? I can get them to hold on to Jesus. I know this thing is falling apart, but but you've gave God, God you've got more power. I've got more power than we realize and we understand. We've got more influence than we, we've ever seen before. So when you get detoured in your destination, uh, seemingly in the natural, in the flesh, it's going to put you right where you're supposed to be to be successful. Amen? We'll see that in just a moment. Okay. Now, uh, Paul said, wherefore, verse 25, <coughs> excuse me, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God, and it shall be even as it was told me. Now, notice this, verse 26. How be it, we must be cast upon a certain island. In other words, you and I, we need to know that in these detours that are seemingly being worked in our life, God then has a plan. Come on. Now, there's some here tonight, there's some, you've went through some things in your life, you, uh, you've had, you've suffered some loss, Uh, there's been some things that has stretched your faith, there's been some things that's tested your faith, and it's made you wonder and question why things have happened, and, and, and all of these things. But in, in that, in that stretching and testing of your faith, it did not break. Amen. Because the faith of God cannot break. It cannot fail because faith comes from the word and the word is Jesus, right? And so he's not going to fail you. And so your faith may have been stretched just as thin as it could be stretched, but you're here tonight. Amen. And the, and you've got to believe that what you've went through, uh, even though the devil meant it for harm, God is going to use it. And, and, it, and it's took you to a new destination. It's, it's taking you to a new place in your life that's going to cause Jesus to be magnified out of your life that you had never been able to been, uh, used in that situation. See those things that, that seemingly hurt us so bad. It, it, it's an opportunity that God can put us around people that we wouldn't normally be around, or He can give us a compassion in our life or uh, or a sensitivity in our life that we we didn't have before. I I, I know that in my life, if I wouldn't real careful, just being honest with you, I'd have to watch about having a judgmental spirit about certain situations. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I would never speak it out. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, now, would I do that? Why are they doing that? You know, come on now. Don't look at me like that. We're all human. But when we go through things, all of a sudden, we understand where they were at. We understand why they went through that. And we understand what the devil was trying to do. And all of a sudden, we have a compassion. We have an ability. And so the devil meant it to detour us, to hurt us, to destroy us. But God, he puts us in a place then where we can be used like never before. Amen? All right. Uh, now, let's get into our, our, our main thought. Now, look, look at... Uh, 
The last verse in, in, in 27, then we'll get into 28 and we'll just break some things down. It says, and the rest, talking about what happened, and the rest of the people on the ship, they some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. They escaped all safe to land. Now, it, 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 that's the word of God coming to pass. So what you've got to do is you, you've got to uh, let the Holy Spirit stir you up, put you in remembrance of what the Spirit of God has said to you since you got saved. What He said to you since He called you into ministry. What He said to you since He's taken you to this next level uh, on the next step, the ladder of sanctification. What's He said to you? That's the word that you need to be living by tonight. That's the word that you need to be holding on to. Don't let what you've just lost, don't let what you, the storm you've just went through, don't let that determine how you feel or how you see things. Come on, can you imagine? Paul could have been in this situation where he said, Man, I, God told me I was going to be going to the Gentiles. I was going to be going to the Jews. I was going to be going and been doing all of these things. And now here I'm at that these, these crazy people, because of one person's decision, they have got me in a shipwreck. But no, he, he said, I know what's happening here. I'm supposed to go to one place. I, I'm going to an island right now. Before I get to Caesar, before I get to Rome, I'm going to an island. And when I get to that island, God is going to show up and show out. Amen. So what you went through, the storm, the trials, the struggles, the things that, that, that look like the devil has took things away from you tonight, that it's just an opportunity for God to bring something in your life that you never dreamed possible. Amen. All right. Let's look at it and see it come to pass. Verse number one. And when they were escaped, this word means uh, when they were saved thoroughly, completely, when they were delivered completely, when they were healed, made whole completely. You look it up yourself. It, it puts two Greek words together on the, on the front of sozo to make that word possible. And when they were escaped, then they knew that they, that they were on this island. They knew that the island was called Melita. Melita means honey, honey. So I want you to get this in your heart and understand this tonight. The, 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 when, when you get to the place that God wants you to be, when you get to that destination, it's going to be sweet. Now they were what? They were saved out of this storm and they get to Melita. They get to the place of honey. That's what happens. This is a type and a shadow of when you got born again, when I got born again. When we get saved, we get saved by the honey and the rock. We get saved, but we're taken to Jesus and everything tastes so good. Can you remember when you got up from the altar? Come on. There was no weight on you. You wanted to hug everybody's neck. You, you had love for everybody. Everything that hindered you and hurt you, it was gone. There was a sweet peace in your life, a sweet peace in your mind, a sweet taste of the gospel in your mouth. That's all you could talk about was love and all of those things, right? Well, that's what this is saying. This is what this is showing us. Now, hold your place right here. And I, and, and I want to, this is for somebody. And I want you, uh, and if it's not for you, then you just lay it by the wayside. Hold your place right here and go with me to, to Revelation chapter 10. We get the taste of the Word of God in our life, and then when we start to apply it, when you apply it, it goes down into your stomach and it come, it produces a work in your life. And when that happens, that can become bitter. But you can't let what becomes bitter make you bitter. In other words, when you start working the Word, people's going to get in your face. 
They're not going to like everything that you got to say. They're, they're not going to like what you're doing because what you're doing and what you're saying is a challenge to them. Amen. Look at what happened to John the Revelator. Uh, Revelation 10, 8. Uh, and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open. Aren't you glad the book of Revelation, the book of the Word of God, this Bible is open? Come on, Jesus is the open door. He's went to heaven and he's opened up everything for you and I. It's open. You don't have to depend upon the Pope. You don't have to depend upon a priest, upon a pastor. It's open by the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. It's open, which is in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. All right, I want you to think about that. In other words, the angel is stretched out and he's upon the peoples. Revelation 17 and 15 tells us the sea is the people, but he's also upon the earth. In other words, those people who are even swallowed up in this earth that is going to be burned up one day, that's going to be dissolved and go away. It doesn't matter where they're at. The word of God can reach from one end to the other. Come on, from the floods of life, from the sea of people to the very thing that is going to, uh, that, that, wants to manipulate and have a stronghold in people's life, the Word of God can reach them. The Word of God can reach us. Amen? you got to believe that. Now notice what happens. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Now see, this is what we've got to do. We've got to come and we've got to take the Word of God for ourselves. See, everybody wants, wants God to give them something. Thank God God gave us Jesus, but after He gave us Jesus, then He wants us to open up this Bible because it is an open book. He wants you and I to open up our relationship, our intimacy with the Lord. He wants us to take this Word into our life. He wants you to know that you can understand everything about this Bible. And if the devil's telling you that you can't, laugh at him in the name of Jesus. Never come in agreement with what the devil would say. Because then there may be times and seasons where you read something and you go, I don't know about that. Well, just lay that on the shelf and stay where God wants you to be at that moment of time. And when the time is right, you will always understand. Amen. Because the word of God causes you to grow. It's progressive and it moves you forward. And so here John says, he said, give me the book. And the angel said, huh? Uh, you, you come and you take it. And, and so we need to be in that place. We need to say, I need to take this. But the moment that you take it, look what happens. Verse 10. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand. And in other words, he made sure that he was proactive in this and ate it up. All of it. That's what it says in the Greek. He ate all of it. We got to stop picking and choosing what word we want and what word we don't. We have to have it all. Now, just because we eat it all doesn't mean that we may apply all of it at the moment, but it's going to be in your life. It's going to be in my life that we will apply as he leads us and guides us. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. How easy it is to talk about how good God is. It is. It's easy because God's good. But the moment when you start living the word, then we, because that's when we start living it, it goes into our stomach. In other words, it gives us the strength to act, to react, to talk, to live our lives. And when we start living by the word of God and we meet the opposition of the devil, in other words, we start telling people God's good and they say, well, but. Or you start trying to testify, hey, God done this for me. And they tell you, 
Well, God didn't do that for me. See, me and Larry, we was around the kids the same time. He had a sore throat for a day. I've been sick for 10 days. I could say, why did God take care of him and not take care of me? Brother Larry was walking in faith. He's trusting the, the word of God because he trusts the word of God. He trusts in his relationship with the Lord. The word of God works. Amen. It's God will meet you. He will meet me where our faith is at, where we're trusting in Jesus. Amen. There's some things I can believe for that maybe you can't. There's some things that you can believe for that maybe I can't. That doesn't change God. I've got to take in the word of God and let the word of God change me. Amen. All right. Now notice what he said. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was made what? Better. Better. Because when you and I start living by the word of God, the devil will do anything and everything he can to make you and I think that we can't live it, that we can't receive from it, that we can't do what God said we can do. Amen. But the more that the devil comes against you, know that you're that close. You're not going to be detoured, but you're that close to coming into your destination. When everything says that the word of God isn't true, when everything says that God isn't good, when all the promises look like they're leaving you and I, that's when you and I need to figure out how do I focus on what God is wanting me to see? How do I get to that destination rather than let the devil keep me in the place of my hurt, my harm, my lack? seemingly, amen, and, and receive what God would have. Now look what he says in verse 11. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy. You've got to go and you've got to uh, speak under the, the, the word that you've just received. Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. See, everything that you and I start to apply and we start living out, there's going to be a bitter situation, a bitter time, because the devil wants to get you and I to turn within instead of without. Because when I turn within, then that's all I'm ever going to have. But when I turn without, then the light that's in me, the word that's in me, the love that's in me, the victory that's in me, it comes from Jesus through me and it goes out to other people. It comes from Jesus within you and it goes to other people. Amen. And I believe that those things that's meant to detour you tonight are the very things that's going to propel you to the next place in your ministry. That's going to give you an ability to reach people like you never dreamed before. And, and you say, well, why? I don't know why. But God does. He understands all of those things. And he's the only one that can answer our questions. He's the only one that can give us the solitude. And some things we don't need the answer to till we get to heaven. Amen. Some things I don't need to know. God knows that because the, th the thing that I may be asking may be the thing that my flesh is not sanctified enough to hear, that my soul is not renewed enough in the Word of God to be able to go on through. So I trust Him. He's a good God. Amen? Okay, let's go back to Acts 28. And now you, you just, if, if you're not hearing something, just, just wait, because I, 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 there's, there's at least five different directions I'm trying to trust the Lord and go here. Back to ver, uh, verse number 2. Acts 28 and 2. And the barbarous people, the non-Greeks, they didn't, they didn't speak Greek, in other words. That's simply what it means. And the, the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire 
and received us every one because of the present rain and the present cold. Now, I want you to think about this. Uh, here's these 276 people. They've been washed up on this shore. And uh, here the, the, these people are. This is a, uh, when this happens. You know, they've probably seen this happen before because they've seen people sail at the wrong time of year to take a voyage when they shouldn't take a voyage, you know, because I, I'm obviously uh, uh, people make the same mistakes over and over if we don't learn, if we don't look to the mistake. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us to look. Uh, Romans 15, 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Romans 15, 3, we need to do that. But uh, I want you to notice what they did there. In verse number two, the barbarous, the non, the, the non Greek speaking, they kindled a fire and they received them. Now, uh, what happens? What is, what is, what is this trying to teach you? And I remember they're in the, the land of Melita. They're in the land of honey. In other words, God is trying to work salvation in this island. He's trying to bring the gospel message, uh, 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 the full gospel message to this island. And so, uh, what God has started in them, there's a little fire there. Now, whether you believe it or not, whether I believe it or not, outside this church, there's a little fire out there. there. There's people that God's talking to. He's trying to stir them. He's trying to build a fire in them. He's trying to get their heart. He's trying to get their attention. And so what you and I have got to do, we've got to say, God, take me. I'm not going to be deterred from my destination. Take me to where I need to go. How I need to get there, I don't know. But I know that you can get me there safely, even though it looks like I'm going to lose everything. But I, I'm, I'm holding on to the anchor. I'm trusting in you. And so he gets Paul in this situation. And what do they do? That little fire that's in them, they look at Paul and they look at these 276 people and they, they build a fire. They kindle a fire. And, and, and so you and I have got to realize that when God started something, God said, I'll send you there, but I won't send you there unless my Holy Spirit is working ahead of time. Come on, the fire of the Lord is going to be working ahead of time. And so when you come together, then then you can see that their heart is going to be open to what you have to bring them. But if if Paul, if he'd walked on the island and just been cussing and fussing about the, the shipwreck, what kind of impact would he had? None. But he had a word. He had a, he had a, a hope. He realized that he was destined to be there. He was destined not to be stopped by the problem and the trouble, but he was destined to go through it. Verse number three. Now notice what happens. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on what? On the fire that the, that the, uh, uh, those of this island had kindled and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. So you and I, we got to see that the devil is going to fight us step by step. Every time that you and I take a step for the Lord, you're going to meet opposition. I'm going to meet opposition. But see, God's working on them and they kindle a fire. And what does Paul do? He says, I'm going to lead by example. So there's 275 people besides Paul. What does Paul do? He starts gathering sticks. He said, God has started a fire in them. They, they, they have received us. I have an open door here. I'm going to bring what I have and I'm going to put it on that fire and we're going to be mixed together. Amen? Do you realize, okay, you know that the Bible says that you're God's priest, right? 1 Peter 2, 9. Amen. I'm God's priest. Uh, put Leviticus 6, I think it's 6, 12 and 13. What's the priest of God supposed to do? Brother Corey was alluding to the Old Testament uh, earlier. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it 
and it shall not be put out. And the priest, and the priest shall burn wood upon it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn there on the fat and the peace offerings. And look at verse 13. The fire shall what? Ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. As priest of God, you and I, we got together what God would have us together and put it on what he's kindling. Everybody wants to do some, do their own thing. Oh, look at me. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. We got so many people starting so many things that God can't do one thing. God wants to do the one thing. What's that? Lift up Jesus. He wants to lift up Jesus out of your life, out of my life, out of this church. We can't get other people involved in it, but that's okay. They can do their own thing if they want to, but we need to do the one thing that God wants us to do. And that one thing is don't be detoured. Follow your destination. Know that God wants to use you and you've got something to put on the fire. Amen. We can put what God's gave us and it's going to make a difference. And there came a viper uh, out of that fire, out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now the devil is going to try his best to still kill and destroy your joy. Now I want you to see God used, he put a fire in them, they kindled it. God used Paul to come and stack on that. And when the fire started burning, the devil come out. Now, I'm telling you this ahead of time because we're going to have people start coming into this church. And when we have people start coming in this church, God's going to start using me. He's going to start using you. There's going to be a move of the Spirit. There's going to be gifts of the Spirit that's going to start operation in this church to get people to look to Jesus. And when that happens, when the fire of God starts expanding, the devil is going to show up and show out. He's going to try to stop it. He's going to try to divide. He's going. To, this word here, it means that it attached to Paul and it put a fire in Paul's hands. It means to inflame. It means to inflame with poison. But guess what? The greater one was in Paul. The greater one is in you. We're not going to be swollen up in self. We're going to lift up Jesus. Amen. And as we lift up Jesus, we're going to see some truth come to people's lives. Look at verse number four. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, now, think about this. Now, th- this word is wanting, the Holy Ghost is wanting you and I to get a, a, a strong emphasis. This, this venomous beast just didn't reach up and bite Paul. It attached itself to him. This is the same word where, uh, the gospel, in the gospels, it talks about Jesus hanging on the cross. Actually, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10, where it talks about Jesus hanging on the cross. That's the same word. Now, how was Jesus hanging on the cross? He was there. Right? Okay, that's what this, this venomous beast is saying. It hung on, on to Paul's hand like it was going to stay there. But see, what Jesus has done hung and hung the devil. Come on. He's done, he's done defeated everything the devil would do. And so what's Paul able to do? He's able to know, I am here about my master's business. I'm here doing the Lord's work. You're here tonight doing the Lord's work. There's trouble. There's problems. Yes. You're, you, you went through a shipwreck. You went through storms. But guess what? You're still about your father's business. You have some promises. When the devil tries to attach himself to you, have the faith in the Lord to shake him off. Amen. Don't let him weigh you down. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom when though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance vengeance suffereth not him to live. Now, um, 
in the Greek, what this is saying, uh, this word vengeance is, is talking about a, a Greek goddess. Her name was revenge. And, and so what they're saying, because they don't know Jesus yet, they're just being kind of drawn into this. They're still heathens. They're, they're still outside the covenant. And so they have confidence in all of these other gods. And so they're saying that all of a sudden, the God that they, they have been taught about, that they have believed in, has judged Paul, and Paul's going to die. And see, you've got to go through some things to challenge the devil. The, 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 the things that's trying to detour you, that is trying to destroy you, God wants to, to use those things in your life and my life to show other people how good He is, how great He is, how faithful He is. Amen? He, he, he's a God that will do it. Now, it said, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. So uh, that, that's what the devil wants to, wants to try to convince you and I, that there's some dreams that you've lost, there's some dreams I've lost, there's some things that we lost that we'll never gain back. No, we've got the eternity. And everything that the devil has took seemingly from us, we're going to have throughout all the eons of time. Amen? Because God is a God that is a God of restoration. He's a God of family. There's nobody going to be left behind. Please hear by the ears of the, the Spirit in your heart. Amen? Now, this venomous beast, we won't take time to read it, but you can read in Mark chapter 1, down about verse 13, where Jesus went and met the devil in the wilderness. And it talks about uh, the devil was there, but venomous beasts were there. That's, that's the same. So why am I? Let, we better read it. We better read it. Mark chapter 1, I believe it's down about verse 13. Because I want you to see that you're not going to meet anything that Jesus hasn't already meant for you. Amen. <clears throat> um, Mark 1.13, and he was there in the wilderness, Jesus. Jesus was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, now notice, and was with the wild beast. This is the same Greek word that you look at venomous beast in the book of Acts. And was with the wild beast, and notice what happened, and the angels ministered unto him, just like they ministered to Paul, just like they want to minister to you and I tonight. So everything that the devil had, he brung it against Jesus and Jesus defeated it all. So tonight you can have confidence just like Paul had confidence. When that thing tries to attach itself to you, know that Jesus has done took the bite. He's done been tempted in every way. He, he, and he come through it without any sin. Verse five. And Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt what? No harm. See, you've got a fire in your life. Brother Corey was talking about you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's where the altar's at. That's where you've got to keep the fire burning. And, and you keep the fire burning in your altar, in my altar, and then we can what? We can take that fire and we can light, come on, the hearts, the altars of other people by the help of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so the very thing that was meant to kill Paul killed the devil. Remember, come on, the devil come out of the fire, but the fire destroyed the devil. So when you start doing the work and the will of the Lord, the devil's going to come against you and try to kill you, try to kill the ministry, the call that God has on you. But that very thing that God has called you into is going to burn the devil up. 
we got to stand on that. We got to believe that. We got to walk by that truth. Verse six. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen. There's that word when he should have been on fire. Uh, his body in flaming up from the the the, the fever. Howbeit when they looked, he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> and saw no harm come to him. Look what happens. They changed their minds and said that he was what? A God. Because see, they don't know yet. They don't know. They just knew that they'd been taught all their life about the God of their world. Remember the God, Second Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world blinds people. Lies to people, controls people, manipulates them. But but uh, now they're saying, well, since he didn't die, he's greater than this God of revenge. But see, Paul is going to use this situation to point them to the true living God. So he, he he's he's not detoured from his destination, but rather he's coming to a place where God can use him to reach other people all the way to the final word. Come on, your life is going to be productive all the way to the sounding of the trumpet, all the way to you and I enter into the joys of the Lord. Amen. Uh, verse number seven. In the same quarters, and I don't know why they translated that, 79 times it's translated place. Uh, in the same place were the possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius, his name was Popular, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. So uh, all of a sudden, because Paul gets detoured, he gets detoured to Publius's home. Publius is the governor of, uh, of this island. And, and so you and I, we've got to be willing for God to put us in places that might make our flesh feel uncomfortable. You know, my, uh, Donna got a call the other other day uh, uh, wanting her to um, go on the radio about the angel tree. And she said, uh, I don't think I want to do that. And I, and I said, I think you should do it. She said, why? And I said, well, because it's a great opportunity to bring God glory. It's a great opportunity just to just to talk on behalf of the church of what uh, of what God's doing and, and let God be used in that. So I, I want you to know that in the coming year, you're going to be released from some inhibitions. You're going to be released from some things that has tried to shadow and, and, and hold back God's glory in and through your life. And if you will uh, yield yourself to the Spirit of God, God's going to use you. Your witness, your testimony is going to be at the right place at the right time that's going to touch people's lives. Amen? Oh, come on now. It, it, it's for you if you'll receive it, if you'll believe it. I I know it's it's it's, it's nervous. It's to the flesh, but Verse 8, and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux. Now, what we got to do now, we've got to switch from Bible to help us to understand this and go to tr tradition, go to church history, better said, go to history uh, of this area. Now, so if we look at history of this area in this, uh, this land that today that's called Malta, it's in the area of St. Paul's Bay. Come on, he, he got a bay named after him because of he was willing to go where God would have him to go. Is that not something? That's incredible to me. But anyway, so he, he uh, so we look at, at 
history that has been laid down from this, 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 uh, this fever, this, this bloody flux, this dysentery was caused from drinking bad goat milk. All right. Now think about it. Uh, the, the drink, he drank this bad goat milk and he got sick. Now here's the way it usually went. You either got well within three months, or if you didn't get well within three months, uh, you went into a secondary deal and it took you up to two and a half to three year to get over this, to recover. Now God loves this man, right? He needed somebody to be there in his life. Come on, there's people all around you and I that God needs us to be available to be able to help them. He doesn't want them to suffer. And so this man has, has been suffering, we don't know how long, but God gets Paul there. That's part of his destination, amen? And he, and he gets him there, and, and look what happens. Uh, he had this bloody fox to whom Paul entered in, and he prayed. Aren't you glad that you and I have communication with the Father? And he prayed, and what did he do? He laid hands on him. Where did the serpent hang on to Paul? Now somebody needs to hear by the ears of the Spirit. They need to see through the eyes of the Spirit. The very place where the devil has bit you the hardest. That's the place that you're going to have your greatest ministry. I know it's hard to see and it's hard to understand, but I promise you, you feel that in your spirit. You know it's true. It's the truth. The place that he has seemingly tried to destroy, that's the place that God's going to use you in the greatest way. I, 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 <clears throat> if God would let me, I would. I got something in my heart. I want to prophesy to somebody, but but no, you 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 won't hear it yet. But when the time comes, God's got a word for you. And that word is going to take you from this situation you're in and he's going to give you a vision to be able to step into what we're talking about tonight. You, you, you feel a, a urgency in your spirit about it, but it's going to come to pass if you'll distrust Jesus. Now, I, I want you to imagine. See, Jesus said in, in Mark 16, he starts in verse 15, but somewhere down about verse 18, the, the, he, he, he gives us, the last of the five signs. He said, these five signs shall follow the believer. And the very last sign is, you and I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That, that's what Paul did. Paul had a word. See, tonight, you and I, if we're not careful, we're waiting for a word when we've already got the word. Before you and I start asking God for a new word, we need to ask Him what He's written to us that we're not doing. And if we'll do the written word, then there will come a rhema word, a word that will be fresh to take you to your next point of view. But he doesn't need to speak to you. He doesn't need to speak to me if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing right now. Can I dare say that we w we're not going to have that spoken rhema word if we're not following the logos written word? I, I want to hear something, don't you? So let's do what we're supposed to do where we can hear something anew, something afresh right now. Amen? All right. Verse 9. Or the last part of verse 8. And he laid his hands on him, and what did he do? He healed him. Okay. All right. So if out of the mouth of Jesus, if he's talking to his disciples before he ascends there in Mark uh, 16. 
then he has done what he promised. He said he would send his word, and his word would what? Heal people. Right? So the word is that you and I are to lay hands on people. So if we don't lay hands on people, so we need to hear what's been spoken. We need to act on it. Because remember the centurion uh, servant was sick unto death, grievously tormented, come to Jesus, what, in Matthew 8? And, and at about down about verse 8, he says to Jesus, it says, uh, no, you're, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. And then if you keep reading on down there somewhere around verse 14 or something, uh, his servant was made whole that very hour. You can lay hands on people and they shall recover. That's the word. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about because Jesus said so. See, so that's it. The devil wants us to say, well, what if nothing happens? Who said nothing's going to happen? What if I don't see anything or if I don't feel anything? Who said you were supposed to? It's faith. It's God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him by faith. Amen. Verse 9. So when this was done, now notice this. This is the key. So when this was done, others what? Also. See, the, the, the thing that is stopping God from doing what he wants to do in this community is we've got to do the first things first. Who's, what's the first work Jesus is wanting to do? Who's, what's he wanting to work in us? Because then that one person, that one situation, that one circumstance is what's going to bring the other people in. And, and when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island, they came and were what? Hallelujah. So you're not being detoured from your destination. You're not, you're coming into your destination. You, you, you're being opened up to be in the right place at the right time to touch people's lives, to make a difference in their life. You have to believe that. You have to see it. You have to, to hold on to it. Verse number 10, we're almost done. Who honored us with many honors. And when we departed, notice this, verse 10, they laid it on us such things as were necessary. Now think about Paul. Here he is. He's on this ship. He's on his way. He's a prisoner on his way to Rome. Uh, all he has is what he's got on. And then he goes through this shipwreck, and it looks like even what he has on, come on, he, he's, he's wet, he's cold, and, and who knows what got tore off of him. Can you imagine the storm this was? Because they didn't see day or, or night. It was just black. For 14 days. Come on, this was a storm that we cannot even imagine. This was the devil trying to keep Paul from his destiny. The thing that you went through that looks like it's been dark for so long. Come on, the sun is ready to shine in Jesus' name. And, and you've got to believe that God wants to get you through this. And when you do what he would have you to do, everything that's necessary is going to be laid in your life. Isn't that amazing? God's going to put what you need the most in your life. And they laded us. Come on, that, that, that means they loaded them down. What does Scripture tell us? That God daily loadeth us with His blessings. Daily. 
The blessing of the Lord, it makes you and I rich and adds no sorrow to it. Amen. In other words, he knows what you need, what I need, when we need it. Nobody else understands. Uh, verse 11, and we'll quit. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. Now I want you to think about this. Here, this ship is 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 the the it's it's flying under the banner under the flag of the sons of Jupiter. But Paul has been here and he's got to minister what looked like he had been detoured uh, and missed his destination. He come into his destination and he got to minister all winter. All winter to them and, and, and he got to stay there. And now God's put him on another ship and this ship needs just as much help as the other ship because it's flying under the gods of this world. See, your life is never going to be boring. Your life is never going to be in the place where you do not have an opportunity for productivity. Amen. You're going to always be able to produce fruit because Jesus said so. He said that you're going to be clean, purged. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Amen. That you might bear fruit and that your fruit might remain. Not just a little bit of fruit, but bear, John 15, bear much fruit. And, and, and so we've got to learn to see what kind of ship we're on so we'll know what kind of ministry to do. We've got to see where we're at and recognize and believe that we're not being taken away from our destiny. Amen. You, you, you're coming into your destiny. The devil can't stop what God ordained. You're, you're every day. Psalms 139. Uh, David said uh, down about verse 16, he said that, that every day of your life, every day of my life is written in God's book. I, I, let's live out of that book, amen, and you'll never be disappointed. All right, let's close with this thought. Tonight, some of you here, you, you may wonder about why you're at where you're at, and you may think that that either you've missed God or God's forgot about you. See, when God puts something in your heart, just because God puts that desire there and that revelation there, that unction there, that doesn't mean you have full understanding of it. Because we've got to mature and grow into it. We've got to be pruned and purged by the Word and to be able to come into it. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I want you to go back with me to 1920. There's a man named Oswell Smith, a 20-year-old man. His heart, after he got born again, was to be a missionary. I mean, he, he would get up talking about being a missionary. He would uh, go to work talking about being a missionary. He would uh, sit at the dinner table talking about being a missionary. He'd go to sleep and dreaming about being a missionary. And so he uh, he he had a wife, but he worked. And then he, he went to, to school and he was getting everything ready. And when he had finished uh, his schooling, uh, he went and he applied. Uh, he's in from Toronto, Canada. And he applied uh, to, to be a missionary and to go out to all the world. And so when he... he, he come before his church board and before that, that whole denomination. And he said, I, I, I'm ready. You know, I, I went to school, I, I've trained, and, and this is where my heart is. And, and uh, I know the people, I've studied the culture and the language and all of these things. And he just knew it was a sure deal. And so they went and they, and they, uh, they, they prayed about it like they always did. And then they turned him down. 
And he struggled with that. And they told him, said, you are, you said, you're a great Christian. You, you've got a great heart for this group of people. But said, you, you don't have the, the, the body, the health. Even though he's a young man, he was frail in certain areas in, in his life in health. And they said, you will never be able to do what you need to do in this hard area to minister to these people. And, 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 and so tonight I'm saying that because there may be some things in your life you think, I'm, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. Why hasn't God healed that? Or why hasn't God provided that? Or why hasn't God delivered that? It may be that you have a desire there to do that, but it may be for another reason. See, God didn't call him to be a missionary. God called him to send missionaries. So we need to let God fine tune our calling to bring revelation. So all of a sudden, God told him, he said, I want you to start a church. This is what your calling is. And out of the church that you found, I'm going to raise up people that are going to have the same vision as you. And you're going to send missionaries, not just to that one country, but you're going to send missionaries all around the world. And, and so uh, he, he, he preached some 60 something years and wrote 35 books preached 12,000 sermons, and they sent thousands and thousands of missionaries from the, the People's Church in Toronto. Look it up if you want to be blessed. Just read about it. And, and they all of that was because God what? God had a destination in his heart. But see, sometimes we need a little clarification. We need a little fine-tuning. Uh, don't let the devil tell you that God's missed it or he's forgot about you or you missed it or you don't uh, have what it takes. No, you will always succeed because the Bible says he told Joshua, he said, if you will what? If you'll keep your mind, your heart on the word of God, that you will always prosper, you will find good success. Now, it may not be prosper the way that we would choose to label prosperity, but the prosperity of God is forever. And it's the best kind. It's the only kind. Amen. And it's good success. Succeed in the things of the Lord instead of the things of the world. So tonight, would you not be discouraged in anything? Would you not let the devil uh, uh, get a hold in your life? But would you start just working where you're at? What God has revealed to you in your prayer time, in your meditation time, in your study time. Start putting it to practice. Try God. The Bible says try him and see if he won't pour you out a blessing that you cannot, I cannot contain. Amen? Now, your mind's going to argue, your body's going to holler. But the Holy Ghost is going to assure you in your spirit there's going to be a bearing of witness. And with God, you cannot fail. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for me and this wonderful group of people, this congregation right now, and the persons who uh, have been in this 14-day storm, this long period of darkness, were, uh, as that ship come into that area, they were in a place where two seas met. They were in a place where there was such a struggle that the ship of life, the ship that was named death, it was broke in two. But when that ship was broke in two, all it allowed was the reality of destination to come to the Apostle Paul, come to those that were with him. Those things that seem like have been broken up and lost forever, let us let go of those and hold on to the anchor. Let us apply the word that you're speaking to us and let us live it out for your glory, Father. Right now, let light shine in situations and circumstances. Let every bit of discouragement and 
and harm that the enemy has meant, let it be swallowed up in the word of God in relationship right now. We'll be quick to praise you for it. Lord, let us really literally reach out and allow you to take us by the hand. Let us feel that healing that is your will and desire and plan. Let us feel it flow into us that it may flow into others. Lord, let it be. We ask you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar or make yourself an altar at your seat, whatever you feel comfortable doing, and and just receive from Jesus tonight. Receive a word of encouragement. Receive a word of healing. A a, a word that will bring hope in your life, that that will get you off the focus I don't want you to be hindered by what has happened. I don't want you to be controlled by the, 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 the hurt or the fear of the past. Jesus wants, to, wants you to give that to Him tonight. Some of you are not, you're not operating in, in, in full faith. You're, you're operating in fear. And, and the Lord doesn't want you to do that at all he, because that is torment. And and he wants to help you with this tonight. He wants to build you up and encourage you. Would you come tonight and give it all to Jesus? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.